Tanner, I need your help for a second. Hi. I need you to go around uh -huh. to the back of the computer uh -huh. and pull out uh -huh. um, yourself. one pull of the, out. the camera good. USB cables. Okay, fine. Everybody did not make jokes for a minute either while I figured this out, okay? Impossible. Seriously. We have entered a no joke realm. Anyone telling jokes will be executed. This is accurate. And welcome to the GCTV Crashcast, episode two. I'm your host of Master Ceremonies, Rob James. And I'm here with the returning champion. <laughs> Grandmaster. Grandmaster of trash. Yes. Tanner LaBarbera. Hey, that's me. Are you living are you living in a carton these days? I am what? <laughs> have you have you found your box I have that you sleep in? You kinda look you kinda look like you kinda look a little bit like a hobo. Yeah, uh, you know, it's hard on the streets, and uh, <laughs> day by day, on my knees, grinding away. Now, I've just bought this new chair, so I got a nice, big, new box. <laughs> you hey, can you just ship it out the to box, me in another bo box? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we, we actually have a gift for you, Tanner. It's, it's a the, box. Uh, and, in the, and in the upper box today, he's in the balcony, Mother Russia's own... Dave Borisoros. Yes, hello, hello. That's why I have the bluer lighting, because uh, <laughs> it's snowier. <laughs> exactly. And we got a lot to talk about on uh, this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, starting a l right on time, as yeah. we intended, as, the as the podcast gods allowed, because... <sighs> I don't fucking know. They are what sons a mess. of bitches. It's, you know what? I, there's a funny thing about this. We, we, we've been doing this podcast. This podcast was a thing since around 2009. I was like four years and, old. And <laughs> Disney wouldn't even let him in. Yeah, not exactly. even. Forget, so, about, forget about going on the rides. They wouldn't even let him in the, in the I park. Was, I was just a fetus. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, the, the funny thing about all this is that, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a long time. We, you know, took yeah. a break. We came back to it. And it's just... No matter how suck. far, no matter how many times you do a podcast, no matter how much gear you learn how to use, no matter how many things you you fucking figure out, you know what to connect together. Something always breaks. Mm -hmm. Something always goes wrong, and there's always like problems with whatever system yeah. you put in place. Like you know, it's it. This is way better than it ever used to be because I actually have all the tools at my disposal to make all this work. But it's still like MacGyver the home game. Well, we used to not have video, really, which made it yeah. a lot less complicated. Yeah, we also true. didn't have a live audience. It's true. So there are a lot of cool things that this allows us to do to reach out in more meaningful ways. Exactly. I agree. And that's the cool, you know, well, here's the other thing is that when you're doing this, you know, and this is more information than most people need to know. But yeah, the thing is, you know, we're, we're, hello, I should just say hello, everybody who is watching on Twitch TV. Happy to have you here on the live yeah. uh, broadcast. And hello, everybody who's listening to us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Hopefully the iTunes feed is up by now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the funny thing is that when we record this uh, for Twitch and we have, you know, the lovely Tanner. Dave oh. uh, Oros on the uh, on the Skype call. They just want your hair. They don't need the rest of you. 
This is true. Just, just shave. Like just shave your head. Like just a, your sh- just shave like, your head off. Shave your head off. Should I scalp? <laughs> <laughs> just from underneath. Just carve it out. Duck, duck. I'm just game. gonna be down here for a while. I, duck game. I Play it at home. Reverse scalping quack. is the name. Yeah. <laughs> quack. Okay. Quack. Quack. Just when you uh um you know Boris uh, Robin Pompadour when you. <laughs> When you're recording, when you're recording this with Skype, and you're recording this with people in in the room, and you know you're trying to get all those signals over to the recording, like I'm, I'm bouncing this back and forth between two computers and trying to make sure that it all sounds good. It becomes, you know, it can be kind of a shit show, but it can also be kind oh, of fun. Yeah, I mean, we only. Um, so thank you guys for being patient, and thank you guys for you know sticking around, and you know we did play some duck game. Yeah, that's that was a fucking Woo. that was a fucking was mess. A um, I'd also like to say. I guess we could just get right into game of the week with this. Um, why the fuck is it that the games that require the least horsepower under the hood take the most horsepower to get to the stream? Because because yeah. it's been it's like Towerfall Ascension and Duck Game, yeah. two games that are both two D you know two yeah. D games that don't require a lot of processing power to play are both like the most impossible like, Im- games <laughs> to stream on the same computer. There's like three yeah. pixels in Duck Game, and it's like running at uh, like a frame a second. I was trying to figure out if it was the like the parallax processing or the scaling of the the world, or if it's something you know just. Yeah, I know some of these words. It was. It was. <laughs> yeah, you're a parallax. Sure. I can only use my arms. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the, that was the podcast. Yeah, uh, li- lineage of parallax. <laughs> Okay then. Rob yeah. just puts me into this chair. <laughs> I just roll away. It's just so little. There's so little I can do to help this problem. It's just so little that oh, the microphone really matters. I'm just Come a torso. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, one, one thing I was looking at it and realizing is that games like that are not actually low res games. They just have pixel art and are running at a higher resolution than the art itself. Yeah. Oh God! You know that's actually true. I was I'm wondering if I was running it above 1080p. That might have been it's possible. If I was running it like 21 something, you know, because I've noticed that on a lot of games now that in fact their default uh, resolution is higher than I was anticipating running the the game at. Like, I you know I loaded up um what was it Superman uh, Di- 64 Diablo 3 the other day, and um, <laughs> uh, so I'm just gonna run over that. <laughs> Loaded up Diablo 3 the other day, and I noticed that it was running at higher than 1080p, because apparently they put in, uh, you know, a new higher resolution for that. And, man, that game is beautiful at that resolution, but if I'm casting it, I never want to play it at that resolution. Like, I can't even, I can't even take that and, like, push that off to OBS, so it's like, that's great for, you know, I mean, I think they're putting that for, like, big screen TV people. Like, who want to play that, you know, sending this, like, either... Nvidia Shield or you know projection or stuff like that, which is great. I love that. That's awesome. awesome. But you know, that's what I want to do. I just want to get a projector and just put it on my wall and just stare at my (laughs) own self in my casts. Yeah, yeah. So what has everybody been playing? Uh, Dave, why don't you start? Because you're you're a returning champion of the podcast. We haven't seen you in in quite a while. Duck game, three hundred hours. I've been uh, playing a whole bunch of Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh yes, do tell how you like that game. Yes, uh, I'm liking it. It's the uh, it's the classic Dragon Age stuff that I have uh, known to love, and they are doing a really good job with the character, the intercharacter relationships, which is a lot of fun. Kind of the meat of that kind of a game to me. 
Uh, to me, the gameplay was always like, sure, that's fine. I got my attacks, and there's cooldowns, and uh, status, and uh, excuse me, uh, stamina bars that I gotta keep watch on. But ultimately, there are a lot of really good things that the game does to take complicated notions and boil it down, like your uh, upgrading your equipment, adding yeah. uh, arms and legs to it. Sorry, no offense, Tanner. Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, but and but like keeping the menu simple on a controller. That's not easy that to do. Can be potentially yeah. very difficult. That's really hard to do. Wait, wait, you've been playing it on the PC or wait, no, you've been playing it Where are I you couch playing game, it? motherfuckers? Oh right, yeah. you couch game. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. No. <laughs> so this way it I just does play really well on a controller though. It does. Well it's designed for a controller. Yeah. Like as long as the game's designed for a controller, I have no problem playing it on the controller. Right. Well, it's so funny because I remember like I got I got a lot of flack for playing uh, when I was casting Dragon Age Inquisition. I got a lot of a lot of flack from the uh, the chat for playing it on controller. And then I went to go play Witcher Three recently, and I played that on mouse and keyboard. And people were like, "Why aren't you playing that on a controller?" Because people suck. And it's like you can't. <laughs> well, yeah. No matter you what you do, you can't anyone. win. You can't fucking I'm win. I remember it's like. Yeah. Uh, so don't try to do it the way you're comfortable. That's true, except. <laughs> Hi, internet. Yeah. You really gotta. How would you, you like me to play the game like today? Because you gotta do it on the live stream, how it makes you comfortable. I'm just okay. gonna ignore this. You're married and I'm single. I think we're both getting about the same amount of sex. Oh! <laughs> wow. And I'm just gonna sit here. <laughs> he just. Hey, plays. I could be getting some in the other he, room. He just diddles with his hair, <laughs> that's all. You have to appreciate me. Just gonna log off as, Skype. Equally as much as sex in the other room. High sex in the other room is how it should be. <laughs> oh God, where are we? Anything else? This? So Dragon Age. Yeah. It's fun. So that's what I've cool. yeah, been. I, I enjoy it. Like, and uh, it's one of those things that I played through uh, Dragon Age Origins, Awakening to. This one's three, technically, right? This one is technically the. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so whatever yes. you said. So Remember <laughs> cycling gonna, the responses to. to I'm just going to smile and nod. Yeah. Is what I'm going to. I mean, these games are really all about the storyline, the world building, and they. I think they've done a really solid job in this one. Yeah. There's a. They've paced out the amount of side missions you can do in the, the main story. I don't feel like at any point I'm at a loss of things to do. Hmm. So I recommend it. If you like story games, if you like things that are just have a meaty world to sink your teeth into, this is a, it's a solid one. See, okay, the problem that I have with these types of games is I hate having to micromanage, like, four people at the same time. Is it like that, or is it like the AI is good enough to where, like, you can set it to be, like, the other people in your party are, are doing the right thing? The or, AI is quite good. I have okay. not had much trouble the only time I need to swap swap over to somebody is if I need to revive. Yeah. Because usually they've been using their spells and they need a full meter in order to be able to heal. Okay. But there is a very interesting turn-based system that they have also. I don't use it a lot because I don't need to. Yeah. But at any point during battle, you hit select and then it comes up with this overworld god view. Uh, and what you can do is select your individual characters, mm -hmm. queue them up with what you want them to do. And then you hold the essentially go button. Yeah. And then it'll go in real time until you let go of that. 
Got it. Okay. And can queue somebody else up with somebody else. So you can micromanage it, but it doesn't feel like it's a hassle in doing that. Yeah, it's always But good. it's an option. I don't need to, but you can. Now, do you... Are you picking... Like, when you're playing through the game, are you just staying on one character the whole time? Like, for you personally? Like, do you have your own favorite character? Like, who do you play as, then? Who? who what's your What's your poison? <laughs> I play as the rogue, what's your usually. Poison? The, yeah. Well, hey, that's... <laughs> Well, okay, so what does the rogue entail in that game? Because, I, I mean, is he just, mm-hmm. is he stealthy? Is he, he going visible? <laughs> for the most part, the way I play it is uh, a little bit more like a agile warrior. Okay. Somebody who I can just, like, move around quickly, move in and out of areas. Uh, I like the idea of having my main character be the person who can do lock picking and, and move around in... Uh, potentially stealthed out ways. Okay. Well, I mean, I think the thing that's always cool about the Dragon Age games that I've liked over, like, other RPGs, uh, especially the uh, group-based RPGs, is that even though you pick a main character that has a certain class and a certain play style, um, you eventually get to learn through all the classes by, you know, when you switch over to um, the other members of your party. And I think that's, you know, one of the things I miss in, I'm trying to think of the example that I was making. Oh, like, you know, uh, something like um, uh, Witcher, where you're really only playing as one character and there's only one play style, even though there's like modes of things that you can do. You're playing as him, whereas in, you know, uh, Dragon Age, you get a lot of options, even if you're locked in with something at the start, which I love. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you can learn as much or as little as you want to, because <laughs> if I wanted to go through and like learn my warrior and learn the mage and learn how all their spells work and map out all of their controls to exactly how that would best work, I could do that. I very rarely touch on the other characters, as I said, except for the re- revive. And I just kind of set them with their priorities of what spells I want mm. them using more. And it works others. out. Fun. Cool. It's a fun series. I mean, um, you know, and thank God that uh, EA and uh, Bioware figured their shit out and figured out what to do to make a game that does that series justice. Yeah. Because the second oh. game was such a fucking wet Dog. fart of a yeah, game. Seriously. It was yeah, so I mean, that terrible. One kind of felt. I, mean, I, re- I actually really enjoyed Awakening, uh, like, more than two. So like both of the origins and awakening. Oh, really I said the, oh yeah, awakening things. was the DLC for origins. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, yeah, and like a lot of the origins stuff was fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, they had a oh, lot to. Like, they had that, a lot to live up to. That was one of the to. quintessential like epics for me in that style of game. Like that oh, yeah, is totally. the definitive game for me. Origins. They had so much to live up to, which is why it was such a bummer when we got what we got from them. Mm-hmm. This was like, wow. wait a minute. What is this? It's like this soggy milk toast or something. Yeah, like there that. was there was one moment in <laughs> two that I still remember. Uh-huh. Whereas I really remember a hell of a lot from Origins. I remember some very interesting and unique takes on the universe in Awakenings. And... Yeah, two, who gives a shit? Yeah. The one thing I will say about Inquisition, though, is that on PC, it crashes all the fucking time. Like, it it has stability it, Yeah, it did crash a lot that, for me when I was playing it. In fact, you know, um, it it really, it you need a pretty beefy computer to run it. Like, it's solidly or consistently. Well, that's just it. Like, I have a beefy computer. I have two video cards. I got a, uh, it's really not the system. It is the a problem with the game. Yeah, definitely. 
Just blame but, the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just get get better at video games, Boris. Yeah. Just get good. Just get good. Well, I got Caster, good at get the good game at games. of let's make sure we save here. <laughs> it's a nice little meta game we get to play. Um, God, I wish Sean was here to do this cast tonight because I've been playing XCOM. <laughs> mm, XCOM Enemy Within. Uh, so I learned something. I'm not very good at that game. <laughs> No, that's not true. I, uh, you know, uh, the thing that I realize is that I, uh, XCOM is a game that repatriation. How are you doing? What's up, dude? Um, what I learned about that game was that when you take a break from XCOM for a good period of time, you come back to that game, and wow, you really need to relearn the situational combat meta of that game <laughs> because it's not just like any tactics game it's not like you know a valkyria chronicles or a you know um um final fantasy tactics or even <laughs> it's you know it's not even like um the most or more recent thing like Shadowrun uh or um i'm trying to think of like um oh what what was the 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 banner saga mm, uh-huh. it is literally um designed to fuck you over time <laughs> yeah, and time like the few seconds again. i saw like oh, life yeah. to yeah, the seriously. to the point where the the aliens uh you know well okay in vanilla in vanilla and enemy within anyway not i'm not talking about long war because i asked people about playing long war and they were like <laughs> yeah don't play that uh cuz do, do you guys know what long war is long uh, war uh, no, I have lo- no idea. The Long War addition to uh, XCOM is this thing that actually fixes a lot of the details of the game to make uh, your the squad bigger so that you have, uh, I think, up to 12 people instead of six. Uh, it adds jobs. It adds um, dyna- like uh, dynamic elements to the game. Uh, and it was... Um, it was a, fr- a free mod that somebody made, but it also makes the whole game longer, and you have to fight more battles. The aliens uh. are smarter. It fixes bugs with the with the game, and it makes resources much harder to get. So basically, it's drawing everything out over time, but in a, in a sense, to make the game more fair-ish, even though nice. it, it plays harder. Uh, and the thing about the original game is that um, there's a lot of problems with that game. <laughs> Where you have like an eighty nine percent to hit, like, and you won't you won't land a hit. Yeah, when or, I was you watching know. you play, it was oh, last well, night? yeah. Let me let me talk about this. Okay, because this. this is completely <laughs> fucked up. No, it, you yeah. It, I, I, you're talking about when I had everybody on Overwatch. Well, no, no, it was the one where you're in front of the counter, in front of of the like the count, like you're in front of the counter, and then the aliens behind the counter. And he's like literally like on the other side, like a foot from you, and it's like oh, ninety five percent chance to hit. And your character like reaches his gun over and just like shoots into the corner of the room. Oh yeah, no yeah. And it's the, like wow, okay. So you're standing on top of a guy, and it goes, <laughs> yeah. It's like wait, oh, thanks. okay, you just shot the sky, boss. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and you know, like a, a couple of things that I had that 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 went crazy was like I had. Uh, so, uh, GCTV featuring Rob, Rob, and Rob. Uh, not all me. No. Um, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm but it's pretty like, Rob. There was a, there, there are these, there are these, um, uh, particular enemies that, I think they, they call them like squiddies or, I don't remember what they, these creatures basically, are me- they the invisible mechanized, ones? Ca- yeah, tentacle yeah. creatures that go invisible. And basically, 
the best way to deal with them is to just stop what you're doing, have everybody park, just fucking overwatch everybody and wait for them to attack one person because they'll all turn in and go, you know, and fire at them. Um, yeah. Most of these guys with, were, were within like four or five, six, maybe seven max tiles of each other. And no joke, one of these guys shows up appears in between the entire like group of people and of course now the first problem is, is that in reality if you had everybody in a circle pointing towards the uh, the enemy that was in the middle they'd fucking shoot each other yeah. so that's the first thing but more importantly they all aimed at this alien and proceeded to miss simultaneously all of all them. three all, f- all four. four four i had four nice it just seems like a squad of points five. into yeah. accuracy yeah seriously you think you just train them really horribly <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. like this you're just pulling them off yeah the street. seriously it's like, oh god you guys um <laughs> pulls yeah. them out of a box hobo army yeah, defending yeah. the world i haven't had a chance to make a uh um good a highlight a highlight of that yet but jesus christ it was just unfucking believable I that's I, what I don't like about those games. You know, it's just one of the things that's like, hey, you can do really well, you can set up everything perfectly, and then RNG is like the rest of the oh, game. Oh, the, the RNG like, in oh, that fun. Yeah, the, I mean we've 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 basically like I when so when I was playing it the other day, I had a match that um I lost all of my, my main soldiers and I was like, fuck this, I'm starting over. This is a wipe because like I have rookies that I'm gonna bring in and they're gonna die instantly. No. And I had to take a mulligan on that because I came in and I was like, I'm playing this wrong because I'm angry because I lost all my squad. And then when I started the second match, uh, yeah, there was literally a, um, a a sniper curse. Okay, it wasn't literally a sniper curse, but we, there was the, um, we were convinced everybody, myself and everybody was watching the cast uh, that uh, there was a sniper curse where I couldn't get my snipers leveled up to a point where they were useful. Because you can't move your sniper and aim until you get them up to uh, rank of, um, I think it's... Um, but what do, you, like, what do they do before like sergeant. that? They just have to sit there? You have to use a pistol. You have to switch them to their pistol because they they can they can either move to a location and shoot with their pistol. Oh, okay. Or stay so the where they action between and, moving and then aiming and shooting has two different rounds. I'm guessing is what you're saying. Yes, because okay. the way it if the way it normally them. happens okay. is that every character gets two action points, yeah. and as you level your character up higher, like the heavy weapons guy, yeah. you can't move the heavy weapons guy and fire your rocket launcher. Yes, but you can get a perk for that later that allows you to allows, do that. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but you're kind of hobbling the sniper early on, and I know why they do it because otherwise you could oh, just take all the snipers. And, yeah, and, yeah, they would be yeah. stupidly overpowered. Like I've seen people run vanilla um, XCOM with just a team of all snipers. Yeah, that would make and sense. It's, yeah, uh, and all heavies too. Um, but every time that I would get my sniper to a point where I would get leveled up, he would fucking die. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, this game, oh, I don't like. Um, but yeah, XCOM, it's really it's great, thing. and it's still See, my, my annoys experience, the shit out I of me. I played the first one, but I my first playthrough, I tried the Iron Man mode, because mm-hmm. I was trying to play it more like FTL than anything else. Oh I yeah, no, like, I was, yeah, I've been... Humanity, I was going to just give it one go through. I said, if humanity dies, humanity dies. Yeah, I, I, I only like playing in an Iron Man mode, yeah. 
Oh, do you? I, we I, had a good run. Iron Man mode is the way I prefer <laughs> to play, but, you know, it's also a pain in the balls sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I felt something about the idea of a game of that style, of going back to old saves and undoing mistakes, kind of takes away from the nature of the adaptive strategy that you need to take. Of course, once I got, like, to the crystalline sections, I was mm-hmm. like, well, fuck that. The game's oh, just God. an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're trying yeah, to be is. fair and then you find out it's been cheating the whole time. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Oh, it's so true. Oh, it's good. <sighs> I don't understand it. Why am I the only one drinking also? Yeah, well, because uh, it's hot as fuck like here. Yeah, it is really. Oh, and is it still raining out, by it's, the way? Was it you? raining at some point? Well, like, in California, oh, California, California was just getting like oh, I thought a it was huge tropical storm. I thought it was Yesterday burning. It was, yes. I thought it was burning. Rain, in, well, well, it's still raining up north from you, like really bad. Oh, okay, there you go. It's like every time of the year now, I just hear California is burning. California is burning. <laughs> it's underwater. Yeah. And yeah, now it's underwater. <laughs> the new Atlantis. God. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice to get like a nice forest flooding or something like that <laughs> for a change. Just lava. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and uh, moved to Hawaii. played some Bloodborne. I'm still loving that game. Yeah. Uh, I had, I'm up to I'm up to this boss that's called Rom R O M. Oh, like you're the, in Rom. Yeah, that boss Fun. fucking sucks. So for anybody who doesn't know, this boss is basically Hell Incarnate. God, uh, that's where, like why I'm afraid of like certain insects is because of that. Yeah, sure. I mean, okay, so it's uh, what I what I what I called this <laughs> boss this to me. I actually don't know Bloodborne. Oh god, what I called this boss the other day was I called this the radioactive Chernobyl chia pet from hell. Yeah, uh, because that's literally yeah, what it looks accurate. like. It looks like you took a chia pet and they you know put radioactive spores on it, and then it's surrounded by. Uh, it's just spiders with fucking um, like uh, 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 every every foot is a claw that's kind of like a, like uh, it's just gross. just sharper than like you know sharp. steak knives and sharp as steak knives and I just for, I, I ran out of metaphors I used up my one yeah. uh, I used up my one good uh, descriptor well, for the day and okay so here's the thing so every form of this boss they like more of these spiders fall out of the sky so you have to kill the spiders then go in and kill the guy but then you, you don't have to kill the spiders but then if you don't kill the spiders the boss like gains more attacks through each form so he won't attack you all the way up for the through like the first third of his health then he warps across the map. If you're too far away from him, he will shoot shit out of the sky continuously until you get within range. So he's just like throwing gigantic icebergs from the sky at you. <laughs> which <laughs> makes which perfect is, sense which for is, a spider. Which is basically the game punishing you for Not him warping aggressive. too far away from yeah. you and you being at the wall of the zone. Because unlike most from software bosses this one is in, is in the middle of a lake that you can walk on that mm-hmm. has no walls in it but the actual space has invisible walls and if you push him all the way against one of these invisible walls before he warps away the game punishes you just by going you fucking bastard come here and fight me you fucking prick and just throws but like a I mean, million that's how they do with most again. bosses you know it's yeah. like they always, they always have a different set of, of attacks but that's my fault yeah that's my fault that I'm always like, yeah, and you're lazy exactly. and you stay away from him so then I get punished for it yeah, uh, right. and then yeah it's just so you have to deal with the spiders, but if you ignore the spiders, the spiders can attack you when you attack Rom. 
And if you don't, if you if you don't ignore the spiders and you so kill the many. spiders, so then confused. Rom will kill you because he keeps attacking you all the time. So your attention keeps getting pulled between one and the other, and it's just like I just want to go drink. Yeah, you just have to watch. Yeah. The, you just have to. Yeah, see that sounds it. like the only solution is to pull the cord and just go walk do away. Else. Yeah. No, that I mean the, the the strategy is just ignore the spiders and beat the shit out of Rom with something that will take his health bar down really quickly. Like that's the actual strategy. I'm just that. I love the bosses in Bloodborne so far. This one's just my least favorite because even the ones that are it doesn't actually fit like, in. It it doesn't fit in. The ones that are actually technically hard, I still feel like I can beat at some point. But this one is just kind of like. There are so many things going on at once. I can't actually be technical. I just have to be faster than the game and just <laughs> take a risk and go and just like bat, 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 bat the shit out of it with no skill involved. And it's just like doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like a, a, a Dark a Souls skillful boss. Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. And okay. So is it actually like a sequel to Dark Souls or is it a oh, is it's an own thing, but like from the same people? You know, it's really funny because it. It, the whole progression of these games doesn't really make much sense. So, um... Uh, but there's it, links in between... What's the guy's first name? So Miyazaki? Like what's Miyazaki's uh, first movies. name? I can never remember. Uh, but brutal and Hidetaki Miyazaki? I think that's not false. Someone will tell me. Teriyaki Miyazaki? I love that appetizer. Yeah. Um, yeah there's a little bit of the soy sauce. Yes. yes. Teriyaki. Um, uh, okay, so Miyazaki-san. We'll just call Miyazaki. him that. Uh, well, because you always, when you say Miyazaki, you're going, what? You start thinking Hayao Miyazaki, and he doesn't make video games. Um, uh, but anyway, the, he was a director at uh, from software, uh, which people always miss, just say, uh, from software, the studio known as software. Mm -hmm. <laughs> from software. Exactly. People always it's, make the mistake. So we, he made... From he made computer games. Exactly. He made Demon Souls. He made Dark Souls 1. He went off... Yeah, didn't do Dark Souls And didn't Souls do Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls 2 came out. was made by another studio. Mm -hmm. And then as Dark Souls... The Dark Souls 2 DLC was coming out, he went back... To, he, went, he went over and made Bloodborne, mm -hmm. which feels like a spiritual successor to Demon Souls. And now he's coming back to direct... Dark three. Souls 3. Which has already been going on. Like, I heard that they started it right after they finished Dark Souls 2. Which makes me wonder what's happening with the Bloodborne DLC and what's Bloodborne 2 going to be like if they actually decide to do that. I don't I don't see there being a Bloodborne 2. You really think this is going to be one off? So. I don't think so. I think it's just one of those games that doesn't need a successor because there's it's all part of like the same... I think it would just be too confusing. I don't know. I or, kind of or I just kind get of, a Demon Souls too would be. I kind fine of like the me. differences between Dark Souls and Bloodborne because yeah, Dark fun. Souls feels like a very calculated, defensive, get yeah. behind a shield, wait, block stuff game, whereas Bloodborne stripped all that out and made it feel more like. I think okay. The aside from the camera being absolute dog shit in Bloodborne, <laughs> I've died more to the camera than everything else. Yeah, it is. It, <laughs> chess is right. It really does feel like Demon's Souls 2 at times. Um, the dashing mechanic in Bloodborne feels so much better than the rolling mechanic in Dark Souls 2. Being able to avoid attacks feels great. But the thing that makes me always feel like it's still a Dark Souls game is that every attack tracks you all the time and I had so many instances the other day where like an enemy goes like this he like reaches out and he stabs out I will dash but the attack is still traveling through the dash so it goes 
And if you're watching well, on camera, you it goes and it follows me and catches me on the other side of the dash. That just means that you dashed early is what it is. If you dash at the right time, the invincibility frames would go through it. But if you dash early, it'll Except track some you of the, you. Some of the so that's your hit, fault. Some of the hitboxes feel <laughs> feel weird on that. Like it doesn't. It just Learn some of those doesn't yeah, feel seriously. right. Yeah, I and know. It's a great, like, great thing by Reputation. Uh, Berserk game needs to be done. Did you have you seen any of the Berserk? Berserk stuff? the the, the game anime of, that that Dark Souls is is based on based off of. Yeah, and it's and they said there's a lot of stuff in the new in Dark Souls three that's going to be with Berserk. That's very with like cool. the the weapon skills like the um you saw that interview where they're talking about like I don't mastering I have, your no. your your weapons. So the thing with Dark Souls three that they have is that each weapon has its own like form with it. So. Like in Dark Souls 1, when you had like a huge two-handed weapon, it just felt like you were just some crazy person holding a giant fucking two-hand. And it was no skill involved. You're just like swinging this like 17-foot long sword. But in Dark Souls 3, you have skill involved. So it's like you, you're, you have better... Like your character has better knowledge of each weapon. And that's why I think there's going to be less weapons in this game. But each weapon has like another move set onto itself. Yeah, I think we need a middle point between Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Yeah, I mean just having three because billion different there weapons that no So many used. weapons in Dark Souls 2 that you never yeah. even fucking use because no. they're so useless, but I don't feel like Bloodborne has enough. Yeah. There and that's what know. I think they're trying to do is they're trying to find that middle ground that balance, so you, yeah. you like and then they also don't do there's no dual wielding in Dark Souls 3. If you I have never two, use that Yeah, so if you have if the weapon is actually a dual wielding weapon, so when you pick it up it's two weapons. So you know what I'm saying? Like when you pick right. up an item, it's two weapons and then you equip both of them and you have your own uh, style. So it's still, with a, that. it's still a two handed weapon. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's just, you're not, you can't mix two separate weapons together. Right. Okay. Got it. I think that makes that's more as far sense because that so. seemed weird. That mechanic always seemed weird to me. Yeah, I never did. Uh, never. No one ever really played that way. Yeah. Cause it was saw, very weird. I saw a couple weird. people play it in PVP, but not really a, yeah. as a, in the game. Um, are you getting weapons from like random drops or are you getting weapons from specific moments within the progression in Bloodborne or in Dark Souls? So, uh, it, <laughs> what is the nature of the series? Well, like, gen in, see, the ahead. funny thing is in Dark Souls, you can pick up weapons via drops and via the in, the world uh, that are in like uh, chests there, or, yeah. you know, off of um, uh, NPCs or. You know, um, characters Pretty much every interact way with. that you can think of. Yeah, there's okay. there's there's no shortage of ways to pick up weapons in that game, and it's kind um, of randomized. Then it seems that like what weapons you got, and therefore the utility. That no, actually, it's not randomized at all. There are certain locations oh, really? and certain yeah. creatures that you would get bosses get uh, weapons off of, or certain treasure chests that would have certain weapons in it. Like you know, the one that everybody talks about is is like in in Dark Souls, uh, one of the first katanas that you can get the Yato. Um, you can get it one of two ways. It's a, a uh, you can get it through a covenant that you join, or you can get it in the first five minutes of the game by killing an NPC that sells you shit. You just have to kill yeah. him, and he yeah. drops it. But in Bloodborne, uh, the only way you get new weapons is by finding items off of boss fights, and then you go and buy the item in the store. So it doesn't there's have some that are on the ground as well, but I mean, it, majority of, of like the major weapons are you buy from the you store. You have to buy from the store, which sort of okay. takes the whole exploration thing out of it in a, in, a, in a way, because I guess the thing is, you know, if you're if you're playing a game like Dark Souls or Demon Souls, you there there's like whole areas of the game that you can miss and whole like 
item sets and things that you can miss, and that's always been a thing. And there's even some of that in Bloodborne. Like, yeah. I was thinking the other day, like, I came up with across a character that I don't know how to get her to actually talk to me. She just goes like, I'm scared to go away. I'm just kind of like, can I kill you and just see what <laughs> just be fucking happens? Be gone just, with you. Like, what, what would I lose or gain if I just was like... And then, you know, when I was done casting the other day, I sent this old lady who hated me for sending her there mm -hmm. uh, to this church where there's a guy who's like sitting in a corner. Spoilers. like, uh, Yeah, this is this is a major spoiler, but sitting in a corner just to like holding like his hands like this. And the old lady, the last time I saw her, that was in her it like had her head in her hands going like, oh, I'm so scared. I can't. Why did you send me here? It's just so tragic. And then when I loaded up that zone after I had finished my cast, there was an item on the chair and a blood a pool of blood below yeah. the chair. Yeah, it's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? You, if you put two separate characters together in the church, one of them not spoiling it can kill other people. Yes. And he goes and just, he or she goes and kills NPCs just and it for was, like fuck you because that's kind of a, that's what's also in Dark Souls one when you save a certain character and he and he sits by uh, another important character and and he's like staring at her pretty much and then you load the game back up and you notice that the the girl is now gone and and the guy's gone I think that realize, I think the spoiler that's Artorias right Artorias yes yeah. everybody I mean by now yeah so I mean yeah with every like Dark yeah, Souls has so, played that game by now yeah yeah. <laughs> They're but not yeah, afraid to kill off their own NPCs that you have it's no even control a over. Stuff. And yeah, and that's because they don't tell that's you kind of, everything, which yeah, is kind of awesome. awesome. But uh, people are also like, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> well, the best thing a game can do is just keep you guessing that you don't really. Yeah, know you have no clue. It's possible until exactly. it happens. It's fun. I like um, it. I will probably play more Bloodborne tonight, but fuck that game. <laughs> that game not our now you, there are a number of uh, questions that went through the uh, oh, chat yeah. like what, what platform Vendor. oh uh, uh, Bloodborne is only PS4 um, Dark Souls 3 is coming to PC PS4 and Xbox uh, Dark Souls 2 is on everything, everything right now uh, but yeah. the uh, the DLC like special release one the Sons of the Anarchy of the Icker of the <laughs> yeah pastrami sandwich i don't Ooh. know like this yeah. oh i love that um first was the dlc boss oh is it vendor no, no it was low trick yeah, yeah that's him that's with the giant shining bronze yes exactly there. which you could then get by killing him which yeah. is so great um but the 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 remastered version of dark souls 2 is only on pc xbox 4 uh, xbox which i don't 4. like i think that's so xbox stupid. one and ps4 uh, the PS3 and Xbox 360 version, you can get the DLC, but not the remastered version. Which is so dumb. And I and you've been saying that Dark Souls 2, uh, the remaster, is way harder than original Dark oh Souls Oh my god, 2. yeah. I've I've probably put in a good, like, 15 hours into it, into the DLC, and I have a pretty fucking beefy character. But the DLC And I can't doesn't, kill a fucking boss. But the DLC doesn't remake the, the base game, no. right? No. Well, there's some, like, they added a few small things here and there. Because the, the remaster version completely redoes Yeah, redoes there's characters the, yeah. everywhere differently. And that's what I was like. I was, like, looking up, like, how do I find this certain item? And they're like, oh, go here and here. And then I searched, and it was not there. And I realized, oh, if I had a PC, it would be there. But because I play on PS3, it's like, go fuck yourself. You got to play this totally different yeah i know that this this did kind of fuck over the ps3 and because Xbox they made crowd. it better like they actively made the game better but only did it for 
for PC. So it's like, I just hey, feel like, <laughs> I feel like they just don't want to, you know, give any attention to that to the older generation of consoles anymore. I mean, I feel yeah. like that, you know, this is this is really the the end of the you know giving any attention to those to the, the last older generation. Systems, yeah. yeah. Well, that's all I have. So at, at, the same, <laughs> at the same point, though, like I'm kind of concerned that not enough attention is being given to PC. Like I was just discussing how Inquisition is crashing for me constantly. Yeah. Warner Brothers let Arkham Knight go out in the state that it did. Like, are we looking at some sort of like future collusion of making PC less attractive to consumers intentionally to get people onto? Or could a it just be the inter- next industry gen, itself? Current gen. God, you're starting to sound like uh, me on this conspiracy huh. theory shit. That's something I would have said like two, three years ago. But um, I, you know what? It's a I question don't... I'm putting out there. I mean, it's a, it's just a theory, but I mean, well, we'll, I'm curious to see how things kind of play out in terms of PC games that have console versions at launch. You know, we were we were kind of talking about this um, last <laughs> fucking trick. We were talking about yeah. this last. You want to just <laughs> and to, another and to respond to the yeah. chat there too? Like I, instead of trying to do PS uh, PS4 or Xbox One, I did upgrade my computer to a beefy unit. Yeah. Uh, in the assumption that like most stuff comes out on PC anyway, but <laughs> if this is the way that things are going, this will be a problem for me. And plus, Insomniac Games is making it difficult on its own because that new Ratchet game looks fucking awesome, and Sunset Overdrive I still really want to play. So. I think I think the issue <laughs> here is, it, you know, goes back to what we said uh, on last week's cast, which is that um, there are day and date deals between publishers, third parties, hardware supporters, you know, um, retailers, uh, pre-orders, and the main thing that people don't seem to care about is that if you're going to put it out on PC and you're going to put it out on console console you only have to test for two consoles pc you have to test for a wide range of of builds <laughs> and hardware and you know os's nvidia and, you know, and, and uh ati AMD and amd and, and you know yeah. and the thing is is that if different you, architectures you know like i said with you know and this is the thing that was so fucked about arkham is that if you, if companies are testing this software and their response when it's broken is to go ship it there's, you yeah, fuck know, you guys. Basically, what what else? What you know? The option is is you know don't buy it on the platform that it's broken on. And unfortunately, you know, we we seem to be at a point where that was getting better, <laughs> and now we're seeing it get completely effed in the A again. And it's like I'm hoping that's not a continual continuous trend yeah. because it's but, like I mean, at the same know, point, it's it like may Dark Souls be two coming out. It's like unknowing. Dark Souls two coming out on the PC and being broken when it came out that it had needed to go through a patch and a, a, a remaster a version remastered. to fucking work right. You know, coming out and having a a bug. Oh, and you wouldn't even know about this, Boris, because you're not you haven't played Dark Souls two. But the frame rate bug in Dark Souls two, where if you're playing it at 30 frames versus 60 frames, the durability of items drops faster. Because that makes sense. And, you know, people were complaining about it, and uh, From's response was, that was what we intended. Drop mic, don't give a fuck. And then they were like, what? No, fucking fix it. What's wrong with you? How do you intend that to be what you want this game to be? So that, like, everything's broken when you go into fights, like, in half the time. Nobody does that. 
That's not a thing. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, like, it may even be just a uh, accidental uh, consequence of the console spending more resources and money, providing greater support, making it more advantageous for the studios to develop under their console as the primary platform. And then when they try to push it out to other things like PC, because PC doesn't really have a unified backing to say, hey, we want exclusives on PC. We want this to be the definitive version. Uh, it's really been on the developers to say, we can make this game look the best on PC and then ratchet it back for consoles. We might be seeing the end of that idea of uh, development where people are really making it for the definitive version on consoles with the support of the those uh, first parties and PC gets what it gets. I think we'll it see more suck. I think we'll see more developers make PC only games again. I mean, I think the fact that, you know, XCOM's coming out for PC first uh mm -hmm. means a lot, you know, and I think the the truth of the matter is is that there are still limitations to the console space. Lots of games yes. having to come out with 30 framed caps. Lots of games playing at sub 1080p resolution. The Xbox having more frame rate issues than the PS4. You know, the truth is there's always going to be a space where games come out for console and for PC and for both. And I don't, you know, I don't know if it's ever going to get I don't know if it's ever going to get better, but it, it definitely can't get worse. Otherwise, people are going to flock away from the PCs again, PC again, and it's going to be the publisher's fault. Well, the greatest innovation you're ever going to see is going to be on PC first, because like you look at uh, PlayStation trying to do their project Morpheus. That's not that is not going to take the uh, the momentum that something like Oculus could, because for Oculus, the development is at another camera. Yeah. And the user has to support being able to render that shit. PS4 is going to say, hey, developer, you need to make the same content work rendered with two cameras uh, instead of just one. So go for it. It's basically like taking a whole lot of extra development time to try to do VR. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's one specific space and whether or not... A Rob just got totally bored and left his chair. No, I just needed some water. I needed, <laughs> He's I like, oh, like, VR talk. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck this. Oh, I don't need an Oculus. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. No, but the uh, but just the, the nature that if we see advances, if we see technological advances, it's all going to be on PC first. So we're, I don't think there's going to be so much of a drop off there. But when we see the support of what the current generation of games are, at, like the idea of allowing mods on Xbox One. Things are moving closer and closer to Xbox and PlayStation having all of the uh, benefits that you would have had on a PC. You can live stream from there, you can uh, record video and share from there, things like, th features like that. And I once it becomes thought. easier on the consoles than it is on the PCs, Nobody. I don't think it, I don't think it can ever be easier on the consoles than it is on the PCs. I think I mean what you're getting is ease of use on the consoles, which I mean to yeah, a certain we, extent. We, we argue it differently, you and I, Boris, because we both own PCs. We built PCs. We do a lot of shit on the PCs. We understand how they work. Yeah. There are people who just don't give a shit. 
you know, there are people who will always prefer consoles over PC simply for ease of use. I plug it in my TV, it fucking works. You know, yeah. when games are broken on console, everybody screams foul because there's no way to fucking fix it. Yeah. When there's a problem on the PC, people scream foul because there's plenty of ways to fix it, just no one fucking did anything about it. Like, <laughs> and it it's usually ends up being the community that fixes bugs like that with mods. Right, but that's, it's like, that's not a bad thing. And also, you know, we have this we have this whole big discussion about, you know, Fallout and whether, you know, mods between PC and console when they're passed back and forth if they're going to actually work smoothly. Like that's something that needs to be tested and figured out. And what do console people do with having to be able to make stuff that then can go back to the PC? And does that stuff even fucking work? Like I just feel like if you buy into that stuff on PC, you buy into it because you know you're going to want it and use it and do it. And consoles, consoles are just like, just let me plug this thing in, play my games, and I don't care about the rest of it. Um, and I, I really, truly believe, like, the only people, like, PC, PC players deserve... And absolutely have the right to get annoyed when games ship broken on PC. There's no excuse. There's absolutely oh, any, no excuse. Anyone. But again, just PC. It boils down to people at the you know I think levels above the developers going, well we've got consoles so we'll still get our money's worth yeah. for this. I mean that's all and it boils down. It to. really fucking sucks because there's nothing wrong with the PC as a gaming platform. It gives you so many options with what to do. It just makes developers' lives hard because it has to work on. You know, PS4, yeah. Xbox One, An unknown and like of. four billion different types of PCs. And I understand that it's, you know, a, a complicated way to, you know, develop video games, but it's the way they used to develop video games. It's the way they still develop video games. If you're not going to release it on PC, if you're going to release it on PC, make it fucking work. And if you're not going to release it on PC, then that's your choice. But know that, you know, somebody else is going to come along and make a game on PC. For an audience that wants it because people want a game on their PCs and you're mm -hmm. purposely you're, you're actively removing an install base from your market and it doesn't to me you know it just like one or the other but don't fucking release a game that's just a flaming turd in a in a, in a bag and go 60 bucks please yeah I mean but you also well. have the choice to not buy it so there's yeah. the people who just they buy it because it has a certain title, even it's, though that it's is the nature dog of shit. economy. Yeah. Just that uh, if a studio is consistently releasing games that are good across all platforms, mm -hmm. and then people are more likely to buy that on launch. If studios like Bethesda or EA are releasing games that are notoriously broken on launch day, then people are really actually making an effort to wait on purchasing those games. Right. And uh, just waiting in for the first wave of patches to come through and then buying the game. Yeah, that's the I mean, that's how many the games other... have come out recently that haven't had a day one patch? There's I can't all, very yeah, few I of can't them. Think of any. That's happening with indie games now. Yeah, Which and I mean is even more early... full of bullshit too. And <laughs> some of those, yeah, like you know, we've reached a saturation point where there are so many games coming out trying to compete for such a small amount of real estate. I mean. 12 months sounds like a lot of time. Yeah. 365 days sounds like a lot of time. But when you realize when games actually come out and when people, when publishers and marketing people and PR people think games are supposed to come out and then when games do actually come out, 
it's, you start to realize that that window is really small. It's extremely November small. November is going to be a fucking... It's going to be crazy town no. this year. It's going to be crazy town. And will Fallout 4 launch working or busted? Will... Uh, what's the other big game that's coming out in November? Um, XCOM. Right? XCOM's coming out this year? In November? Is an XCOM coming out this year? I thought year? it was next year. There were, no, I mean, pretty much XCOM everything is, was XCOM is coming out in 2016. But there's another big game coming out in November, because I know whatever it was, they shit their pants when they heard that Fallout was coming out in November. There are a couple of big games coming out in November, yeah. but, like, will they all launch working or broken? Mm-hmm. You know, they're launching on multiple platforms. A lot of them are launching with stuff that's going to jump back and forth between, you know, PC and console. And, you know, will they need a, fir- a first day patch? Like, Witcher, you know, it's part of the news today. Witcher is now on its, like, seventh patch yeah. since but it came out. I can out. understand a game that is that massive. People are just being able to play Master Chief Collection now. Which is, I think, that is the biggest hunk of bullshit ever. And, you know, people can't play Arkham. Yeah. It's like, it's... it's and it's I think it's weird, really yeah. sad that that has become a normal now you know it's yeah. it's people just accept it you know it, it, there's not there's not a whole lot of outcry because it's just like oh well there's another one you know like oh great yeah, there you go but at that point like, the question becomes when is that going to start affecting the company's bottom dollar when people stop when buying enough games, games yeah, are just coming out broken when people stop buying games you know it's if i had a dollar for every time and i think we've said it on this show too yeah you know, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said, stop pre-ordering games, stop, stop pre-ordering. It doesn't help anybody. Because, and, you know, and the problem is now in a world of Kickstarter, in a world of early access, in a world of, here, we're releasing half a game, buy it, and we'll release half the other half of the game when it's done. You stop, you, you start getting, like, feeling like you're being, you know, punished into paying for stuff that's being released broken. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and it's, it's like you're paying your fee up front for the ride and then being charged again while you're on the ride. And then the for ride has build no the wheels. Finisher. Yeah. And then the ride is only half finished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's. But, but apparently so far the need for quality hasn't been demanded with dollar enough or with the yeah. refrain of giving them the dollar to really affect the, the bottom line enough. That's probably the other half of it is, you know, it's like hyper, they don't hyper. need to care. One half of the trouble, one half of the problem is pre-orders. The other half of the, the problem is hyperbole, and you know, what are you going to do? You're going to not have E3. You're going to not have PAX. You're going to not have Gamescom. You're going to not have TGS, and you're not going to you know stoke the fire of people's you know wallets to go out and spend money on stuff. I mean, that's that's the biggest problem right there. Is that you know hyperbole is a thing that runs this industry. It is the thing that keeps the engine going. Um. And that's why people, you know, like, well, that's is we, that hyperbole or is that just marketing? Is that trying to one up the other companies? They're probably. I, I wouldn't say that they're. It depends on who you ask. If you ask the, if you ask the journalists, if you have the, if you ask the the consumer, if you ask the people who are viewing from the outside, uh, what it is, it's high, it's hyperbole. If you ask the people who are selling you the game, who want you to buy the game, who will do everything possible to show that game in the best way possible so that you will spend your money on it, it's marketing. But marketing and hyperbole are, you know, 
opposite sides of yeah. the same coin. And, it's and really you got to get people excited if you're going to have anybody. But that's give you the money thing. That's why, you know, and we've, we're, Boris, you and I are as guilty of this as everybody else who's ever been to E3. Everyone comes out of E3 and goes, this game looks awesome. It's be great when it comes out and we're excited to see it. And then when it comes out and it's shit, we go, well, we all knew this game was going to be a <laughs> flaming turd. That's like, it happens Here's how all the time. You don't want to sound like, as like I, a Debbie Downer. I'm more than happy yeah, you to can't. You actually pre-order. can't go to E3. You cannot go to E3 yeah. and actually knock anything. You're just like, oh, That well, is not allowed. I fucking hate that game. That game looks like shit. Yeah, I put, you know, because if, you, if you're at E3 and everybody's going, this is game of the show, and you go, this game smells like Dookie. Yeah. It's and just like, Everybody's gonna look not, at you like, wow, you suck. Yeah, and, and because the because yeah. the people who made the games are there, yeah. but they're also showing you curated cross sections no. of games. Yeah, it's very know. careful what they're showing. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's I'll, like going to. It's like if you're going on, you know, uh, on, a, a, on a. Well, I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. I mean, you want to check out the Yelp reviews on that hooker. You want to make sure that she's exactly uh, the cleanliness that you require. She at least needs to match your cleanliness. <laughs> So, I mean, your options are open depending how filthy you are. Yeah. I was going to say it was like when Vice went to North Korea and they said that, well, yeah, when you looked at exactly what they put in front of you, it looked yeah. like North Korea it was great. great. But it was kind of like a sliding set where the cracks it really on the side, yeah. like you, you didn't see, the, you know, the people just like crying in a ditch yeah. off of the side. It's like, yeah, you, you know, they're not really showing us the whole picture. Here. That's how it always is. Did I really just compare video games to North Korea? Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that happened. I don't oh, really think the, we can uh, go. title of this podcast. <laughs> Video games, the new North Korea. <laughs> Jesus, Rob took that. But here's the, totally here's the, my my philosophy in terms of like how, what I choose, and to that's support, marketing. And essentially, essentially vote on with what I spend money on. Is I'm more than happy to pre-order a game that I am specifically excited to see more of in the marketplace. I pre-ordered. Remember me, I pre-ordered Heavy Rain, things that don't necessarily get spotlight support from as many people as I would like to see. Right. Uh, like those games ended up being of uh, debatable quality and debatable interest. But at the same point, I like to see games that are branching out and testing the medium and seeing what else it can do. Uh, I don't pre-order the Call of Duty games like the there's it, my doing that would have zero effect on the marketplace. Absolutely. Video like games. Make sh- yeah. Uh, <laughs> this industry, I mean, yeah, it, it it always feels like every time we talk about industry stuff, it's a constant struggle between developers, publishers and consumers. It's 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 the it's the the tripod of of mess that this industry just never seems to get straight. Like these the PR nightmares, the 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 publishing you know snafus and fuck ups, the the cost of of being you know somebody who plays video games, buys them, purchases them, fixes them. Fixes the hardware to make it work. Fixes the software to make it work. Mods the hell out of things. Like, I guess you know the unsung heroes, the mods, the moderators that you know make fixes that the studios got wrong for nothing. For, yeah, which for, is incredible for, for nil. And is, do a better job. Than these guys are who are getting paid to do this. 
That or no, well, I never getting the opportunity to fix it. No, yeah, okay. I'm is, not saying yeah. it's their fault by any means. Right. I'm just saying that it's relying on them. other people to do this. <laughs> That those, in a timely man. Those <laughs> fuck those those guys. entitled developers. Yeah, they have everything going for them. Yeah. Developers, developers, developers. Yeah, because game uh, programmers are the highest paid programmers in any industry. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the 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 um, the the mill that is basically churning developers through and out the other end. You know, like. Husks, carcasses. Seriously, it's coming out of the. I mean, the, what's, the, what's the unfortunate video game is machine. that the developers what is, what really is the half care life, about What is the half life of a video game developer right now? About ten years, not even. Like that's a long time. I don't think anybody programs for that long in the video game industry right now <laughs> because it's just like you don't get to see sunlight. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other issue. The idea of the expected crunch and the consumer base. Uh, really feeling oh, entitled yeah. to these things working exactly as they need oh, to. Oh, yeah. And that if it doesn't, guess what? You, developer, don't get to go home until I am happy. And that's... But I can never be happy. That's an... Yeah, that's another E3. Yeah. consumer. <laughs> that's the other E3 horror stories, is, you know, the fuck developer tar. crunch to get stuff to show at E3 is always a nightmare. And, you know, like, what, what we're going to have on the floor, and is it going to fucking work? Like, I mean, yeah. I think the big story that was coming out of E3 on, on the developer end was that Uncharted 4 wasn't working until about, like, 72 hours before they did the stage demo. What they showed was just, like, the thing was a mess or something. I got it. Anyway. Uh, Which one? Uncharted 4. Okay. Like, it wasn't working, and then it was working. Like, they were turning it, like... Re redoing it and redoing it and redoing it and redoing it and then got it like some some part of the physics engine or some part of the like you know and you hear that all the time with the game is it's like it's not work it wasn't working until it was working mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. uh anybody else got anything they've been playing <laughs> nope nobody else is in the room uh god should we talk a little bit a little bit of news quick Sure. All right. I was playing Nino Cooney, by the way. So uh, we'll. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I played uh, that one. Well, then why don't you fucking say that? <laughs> we just went on like a long ass thing, and then it's Tanner's turn, guys. Uh, yeah, I was playing some uh, Nino okay, Cooney. Okay, so Tanner doesn't have anything. No. All right, moving on. No. How'd you like that one? Yeah. I, well, I'm 13 hours in, and probably about four percent into the game. Yeah, that game has a really <laughs> slow burn to right. start. Yeah. Oh god. It is a. I'm having Japan. fun though. I'm having a lot of fun. It's a Japan ass Japan oh, yeah. RPG game. I, when I first started it, the English uh, the English dub is fucking horrifying. The fact yeah. that I have to listen to a little child yell jeepers every th mm, three minutes uh, just kind of gets old. So I'm kind of debating if I'm going to switch to the Japanese. Tanner just doesn't like children. I just this. hate. Children he just wants to. Just they have small hands. That's why you intentionally die every time you go into a battle. Yeah. That's why you're not nearly as far in the game as you could be. Probably the voice actor for Skip. No, it's fucking bad. He's it's good. Really the bad. Scottish guy. Oh, for Skip. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the great. Little, little, yeah, he's great. He makes it. Or, but he's, I mean, or he's Welsh or something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's incredible. But the child just sounds no. like a kid reading no. a prompter with like. He reminds me of a uh, Dinklebot, where it's like collecting a paycheck kind of thing. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I am currently talking like this, and yay. Nino Nino Cooney would be so much better if Dinklebot just showed up at some point and just like, 
I am now recruiting you, right? <laughs> you know, to be Star Lord to yeah, go. <laughs> the writing is yeah. also fucking horrible. I'll give it that. Re- but the kid recru- just sounds like they just picked him up off the side of the street and like they, the mom's still holding his hand and they're like pulling him away. Like, no, you gotta do the voice for this game. And the kid's like, no. <laughs> I just remember that game feeling like it is way too long-winded for me to Which care. Which I'm okay. I, you know, as long as it's interesting all the way through, and if I get bored with doing side shit, then I'll just go into the main story. But in so far, I've been having a good time with it, and it, it looks that's not really, allowed. It You're looks, not allowed to have a good time with a video game. It yeah. looks great, you know, and the combat's decent, you know, and I. It's. I feel it's like a, in being long-winded, it's attempting to make itself more palatable to younger audiences. Yeah. Oh, sure. That's I why I understand to a degree, well, but at the same yeah. point, it made the game feel like that it, it's really not geared to me. Like I'm enjoying it. I'm in, I'm having fun with it. Yeah, but it is an RPG. Like, so yeah, it's like I picked up my like little brother's game and played through it. Well, I mean, you know, it is a Studio Ghibli level five joint. And because of that, it, you know, it definitely looks like the latter end of Miyazaki careers. But it's it's my choice to play it long winded. You know, I can go through and I can just go through the storyline and probably knock it out in 20, 30 hours. No, definitely. And RPGs, I mean, RPGs are long winded by nature. But the thing that I've I've sort of started to steer away from when it comes to specifically Japanese RPGs is that they feel like so much hot air sometimes Yeah, that it's just, you know, it's 20 hours of barreling your way through fights that don't matter in areas that have so little, you know, spoken dialogue. It feels like you're reading a book at a certain point that you just like you get completely bored with it. Like I've been watching Crumps' stream Mm -hmm. and he's been playing Bravely Default, which actually seems like a JRPG I could get into. It looks really interesting. Dave, you have a 3DS, right? Have you played Bravely Default? I, I have not. I have the demo for it, but I haven't actually tried it. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, if you ever do get around to it, I'd love to hear what you think about it, because I feel like I would get a... I, you know, I'm not one to really get a... I've never been a 3DS guy, but I would... Well, I, owned a, I owned a DS for a short amount of time. I bought it for a, Le- a Legend of Zelda game, but um, I would. I think I would pick up a 3DS to play this game. Um, but you know, just going off the JRPG yeah. point, I've been playing Xenogear uh, uh, Saga. Uh, no, Zeno, yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles. Xenoblade um, on the the. Uh, I've been Dolphin. playing. I've been playing it on Dolphin mm-hmm. emulator. I own the game. I own a Wii. Just full disclosure. Uh, well, because you know people. Get I know people get a little pissy. I know. Um, and I wanted to stream it. It's just it, it's such a resource hog to yeah. play because I'm playing with a 1080p texture packs. And up-resed, and it looks fucking gorgeous. And you know, there are parts of that game that are not voiced. There are parts of that game that play like a you know a very long-winded action RPG. Uh, but man, that game is fantastic. Yeah. And it makes me remember what I like about RPG, uh, J- uh, Japanese RPGs specifically compared to American RPGs that they just they do worlds really well. Yeah, and, that's, and but that's the, the they're whole engrossing, for it, and you they're know? you play you know, a game for they a full feel story. they feel grandiose and 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 overwhelming and you know even a little strange. Like you know the thing that I like about stuff like Skyrim and you know Dragon Age Inquisition and, and Witcher is that because they're more Western focused RPGs, mm-hmm. they feel more I don't I, like familiar. Yeah, and Japanese RPGs always feel like a for, like I'm watching like I'm watching a foreign film yeah. or something like that, which Ooh, I love. Yeah, 
And it's great, you know, each one is very, they always do the story very well. It's always a little weird and out there, but that's kind of like the, the draw in with it. That's like the, the um, appeal to those games that you don't really know what you're going to get. And they always throw in something that's a little crazy. <laughs> and I love it. You threw a battleship at me. That's cheating. Take it back. Throws the battleship. <laughs> <laughs> totally different games. Xeno Gears. Oh my God. Is it Xeno Blade? Xeno Gears was the one on PS2, I think. Or PS2. Is it, are they the same? No, they, uh, it's weird. There, there's something like eight Zeno games. They've yeah. all been done by the same director, I okay. believe, but they're all sort of spiritual successors to one another. They don't have storylines that overlap, except for the like one or two cases that do. Yeah. They're kind of like another version of the Final Fantasy games, and that kind of where they they sort of have familiarities exactly. between them, but it's yeah. it's not. But the they're same not story the same story. All. Like the new Xenoblade Chronicles for Wii U is not. Related to the one that came out on Wii. Xenoblade is Wii. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, so you've yeah. been, in, but you've been enjoying Nino Kuni. Yeah. The art it, style is beautiful and the music is beautiful. Oh, it's a gorgeous. Oh, the game. art style is really great. And the one, like, the one kind of thing that I'm not really into is the spellbook has so much shit that I will never ever get into. Because in the game, like, in <laughs> yeah. the game, like, seriously, like, there's a whole version of the spellbook in the game and you can go into it. And it's it's a book. It's a fucking book in the game. And you you sit there and you hit the R one bi- uh, button and it switches the page over page over. And then just like you get to <laughs> chapter six and you're just like, wait, am I in school again? Like, holy shit, I'm taking notes. I've got PowerPoint yeah. presentations going on next. They <laughs> sold a book. They yeah, sold they a yeah. With pa- a which, uh, I, I would be book. cool with that. Hard, no, a hardcover book. I would be totally cool with that. Like, I just don't want to have to stare at my TV and be like, I'm pretending to read. Like, I can read some of this, but, and then I get. I actually downloaded a PDF of the book onto an iPad. Really? That's amazing. So that I could just have it on the side and have the. uh, I would be totally cool with that. I would be so cool with that. But no, like, I just don't care enough to, like, read into the lore. And that's what, like, there's some parts of it where, like, you have to read stories about the background of the game and they quiz you on it. Like there's a character, in, an NPC in the thing that is like, hey, I'm gonna give you a, a 17 page story, read it, and if you don't read it, I'm gonna ask you a question and you're not gonna know what the fuck I'm asking. And <laughs> Just to, wait like, until you get to the book awesome. report section. That's what I am, I'm at that. Like, and, and <laughs> I, I seriously, get- <laughs> I read it, I, I read like, probably about two cents of it and i'm like fuck this and i looked it up online i'm like what's the answer to this it's like uh, dragon of the west i'm like all right dragon of the west it is but on you, with but, the game but you might get past the buzzfeed question part yeah of right that you know it's like part of it. my tactics for picking up women uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> so stupid uh but yeah other you, think than you're gonna that, st- you think you're gonna stick with it no I, yeah, you know, and it's it's. I generally like those games because it's yeah, <laughs> because it's the kind of game that I'll play late at night where I'm I'm kind of bored and I need something to kind of wind myself down. I don't feel like reading mm-hmm. a book, so I'll read a digital book. You know, it's cool. So you'll curl yeah. up with this little boy yeah. in his adventure. Yeah. Wow, that sounds weird. So wait. <laughs> so you'll curl up with this little, little boy, boy and his weird giant nose friend Dave, who has a piercing. You are um, a strange, strange man. Yeah. No, I'll I'll stick with it, and someday I'll Don't finish bring me it. Don't on this podcast to be PC. <laughs> no, Master Race. Um, okay. And yeah, no, I, I'm enjoying it, and I'm having fun. I'm sure I'll I'll finish uh, it, unlike you, at some point. And 
The, 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 the funny tidbit about all of this is that he's actually playing my PS3 copy, which has been unopened since I bought it. Yeah. So he, yeah, he hands it to me and he's like, still oh, in the wrapper. I'm, I'm like, like oh, this is this sweet. Shit. Thank you. And he's like, wait, let me do it. And he like undoes the wrapper for me. And I'm like, why did you do that? And he's like, it, it, like I just needed the moment with it. You know, and like, like, <laughs> you, little, like you had this like sadness. You're like, it really was. It was like, oh man, like this you know, could have been worth something at some point. And I took no, it out no, no, its original wrapper. No, no. It was like you unboxing like an action figure. Like no, like what I what your I your Aquaman said, action figure when you were twelve to twenty seven. What I actually and, said. What I actually said. This is all made up. This is all lies <laughs> that he's now going through. He's making up this little you know uh, upright citizens brigade story of Nino Cooney right now. Yeah. What I l actually said to him was. <laughs> I just need to open this because it's really pathetic that I bought this game and I was so excited for it and I left it in the fucking wrapper. Like yeah. I just need to, I need to cleanse the demon. As a, as a man, is, I, I need, need to, to cleanse the demon of this sitting here on my shelf demon for almost two years up. and having like there's it's it's embarrassing. It's you know it's like when you buy a Steam game. Oh, yeah. And you I've never play it. And I've done this all the time where I, I do Steam sale binge buys. And it's just like, oh, well, you know, I'll get Far Cry 3 for eight bucks and then never play it. It's yeah, like I mean, that, at that point, it's just so cheap that you want the option to be able to play it for that. It's price. just so that you say you could have it. But like if you're paying like 60 bucks for Nino Cooney and it just goes, hi, I'm sitting on your shelf. You could play me. And you go, well, fuck see, you. here's yeah. the difference between you and I. Is that you'll buy a game because it's out there and you're like, oh, I'll play this at some point. I will buy a game because I'm like, I'm going to play this the second I get home and it's going to be done in a week. Mm -hmm. And I like that's where I can't do Steam. Like I just ignore Steam as a whole what? platform because I know that I'm going to go and I'm going to spend like, oh, hey, here's Nidhogg and I'm going to spend six dollars on it. I'm going to play about four <laughs> minutes of it and then it's just be like, fuck you. And it's going to be sitting in my Steam thing for the rest of my life. To be fair. I'm not cool with yeah, that. But to be it's fair, about the time, the cycle of uh, of Nidhogg, you play it for the five, ten minutes that you to and your be friends fair. are drunk and then you sober up. Uh, and yeah, that's why it. he bought it once because I he watched, was drunk. <laughs> once I watched Man vs. Game translate Nino Cooney on that's, the fly, yeah, I wanted to. That. I really couldn't. I didn't actually need to play it. I didn't either, but I wanted to, to see it in my in. Yeah, to play it for myself. And that was the draw of it was like. I wish that I had man sitting next to me, like translating this game for me. Cause that would make the game about 30 times. Like I just about need to, 800 hours yeah, I just longer. need to go and find some old Japanese man that speaks broken English and just have him sit next to me and be like, Hey, um, translate. And he'll be like, yeah, the, the dialogue. I was going really to say, it's see. mainly just <laughs> really let me go. I want to see my family. It's really strange that they would put all that dialogue in there. But. Tana, you really are a special needs child. I know, it's really. It's really hilarious. I just mix Spanish and Japanese together. Please. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese? Si. Si. Yes. Como? <laughs> no hablar? Okay. okay. Um, let's quickly talk about some news and then get the fuck out of here. Because I've okay. right. been rambling on. And I love so, it. Wait, it's mostly my fault. Um, yeah. So Evo has been happening today. In fact, we finished up by now. Yeah, fuck. Um, yeah, Evo. Uh, I don't really have much to say about that, except that it's really fun it, to watch all the time. But I can't fucking stand the people who 
Shoutcast Evo <laughs> games. Here's the thing from last year to oh this year. Oh my God, that guy did that thing that he did and it was good timing and it There's was great. There's flashing colors on the screen. He jumped across oh. the screen. He did X move at the right time and he will win or lose. He might. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the difference between watching other types of the like competitive games where they actually pay somebody to be a commenter, you know, and, and actually have a good personality. I just feel like the, there's two guys, and I'm not going to bash it because I'm a huge fan of fighting games and all this blah, 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 bullshit. Oh, no, the fighting great games. No, I know. Yeah. The fighting games are great. It's just, I, th th every time people talk over the game, I'm just like, Shut up! Yeah, you know, and there are certain people who are very good at it, and there are certain people who are dog shit boring, you know, and, and I understand and respect them for being there and doing it in front of, like, thousands and thousands of people, mm -hmm. but you just pick somebody different. Like, how hard is it to, to find somebody who is interesting, who is fun, and there are people who do it, and I've already said this off stream, and I was like, yeah, I've got two guys that I absolutely love to listen to, and they're the reason why I like to listen to it with commentary. Otherwise, I'll just wait for the next day when that the the, the set or whatever is, is out on YouTube, and I'll just watch the whole thing, and then I'll have my own little fun with it. I'll be like, yeah, fuck yeah, 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 and then the game's done. I'm like, okay, it was cool. I mean, I think the one thing that I watched this year where I felt like people were actually telling me information that was, that was you know, I, I, I was going back over, it was like, yeah, it was informative information. When they were doing the uh, Guilty Gear X Zerd cast. Yeah, well, because they, they need were really, information because, because it's moving so fucking fast. Yeah. yeah, but they actually knew, like, they were talking about, you know, this canceling into this and the yeah. frame, you know, the frame window of Even though move. it's just, like, completely like, going over your head, you're like, this is this is interesting. I'm learning. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the, if you know the Guilty Gear games, you understand a little bit of the mechanics of it, which yeah. are a very different thing from oh, uh, every fighting uh, game. From Street Fighter. Uh, and then, you know, watching, like, the, the Mortal Kombat fights where they're talking about, you know, everything this game's kind of simple to pull off. It's kind of like three buttons. And well, then, it like, is three, three buttons. Yeah, exactly. And that, like, you know, move combos are much easier to pull off than some of the other no. fighting games at, 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 at Evo. To the point where, you know, they're really only talking about, oh, he does a kick! And he did a move! Well, and there's like, a throw! The three things between the three biggest fighting games right now is there's Mortal Kombat, there's Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom, and there's Street Fighter. And then there's other ones that are off. So, like, Ultimate Street Fighter is the one Capcom that's, like... is the juggle fest. Yeah, too, so yeah. it's, like, Street Fighter's the one that it's ultra precise combos if you mess up in a half a second you fuck up yeah um, um mortal Kombat is more simplistic but the combos are definitely not as long-winded it's a lot more chunkier fighting style and then marvel is like i wonder how many buttons i can push in a three minute segment of a game <laughs> and then make as many cool things happen on screen as possible exactly. while exactly. i drool a little bit so <laughs> you know it's fun like uh, and I, that's why I love the Street Fighter series is that it, it requires a lot more skill in certain aspects of the game because right. I mean, each game, obviously, there's a huge learning curve for every fighting game that you ever play. And I just, I've always been a huge fighting game fan and everybody knows that. Anybody who's ever known me in for more than two seconds know that I'm absolutely fucking obsessed with Street Fighter. It's not even funny. Just the way that's that really, that's really your only you, upside. I can tell. Yeah. That's I mean, really the only good characteristic about you, Tanner. Yeah, is that I can actually beat up people. Sorry, Chess. We played. Yeah, he's left already. Yeah, I know. But he's I over gotta, you. He'll read this at some point. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, so Evo's happened. I'll probably go watch. Do you, I, Dave, this is not your thing at all, right? Not at all. No, <laughs> the, but at the same point, like, the more that I see people 
take into the account the number of frames that a move can be in. Yeah. More, the, the more moves and combos and uh, button combinations that there are, the more I realize that it literally is a martial art in itself. It really is. To play a game like this. But it, a martial art in a way that has no usability whatsoever. <laughs> right, right. Anywhere else. So, much like, like video I games. I can't take my skills in the the frames that this move is invincible <laughs> for fight. out to the street and get into a, a bar fight that I could then defend myself. Yeah. Down punch A. Like if I learned Kramaga like legitimately, and I was as good as I was at that at uh, as I was at Street Fighter. Then, but you'd lose at Evo, man. But you'd be, that, I mean, you'd be the, terrible that, at Evo. That I could feel powerful about myself. That I could beat like, people up and not go to jail. Yeah. No, that's yeah. cool. All right. Yeah, I could eliminate the witnesses. Yes, yeah, seriously. So congratulations to everybody who won and lost at Evo. Yep. Moving on. Witcher 3. So as we were talking about patches earlier in the evening, uh, yeah. Witcher 3 1.07 patch, which we're going to play at some point on the stream, uh, released yesterday. And the major... Um, <laughs> added feature that came out with his new patch was the updated movement ability. Because yeah. nobody seemed to like the movement in Witcher just, 3. The way it what, was. what was so like, bad about going it? On with um, I, it don't was, I never understood how that people could dislike it. I mean, it's very simplistic. There's, uh, You're able to get over objects. You're... <laughs> you're it's not... It doesn't feel clunky or see... Like, look clunky. It's I... Just, didn't have an issue with the with the movement, but apparently, from people what I've like heard, people the the development team had a certain way to make the 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 movement feel. You know, you know, slow down, uh, speed up and slow down. Mm -hmm. You know, don't move responsibly right responsibly right off the start, and you know, and sort of feel more like when you're shifting your weight to actually move left or right yeah. or what have you. And people were like. This feels sluggish, sluggish as shit. And the developers are like, well, that's what we intended it to be like. And they're going, this makes it fucking annoying to play. Commenter198, welcome. How are you doing? Um, and, you know, they... they, they and so they, they updated it? So they, they, they made it so that they he, finally, he feels like it's actually fucking uh, Geralt, like shifting his weight and no, no, taking no, no. a dump like i don't understand no 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 they they move they they apparently changed it so that it feels less like that so that it actually controls more like a video game you know because the problem was is that they put a lot of real physics yeah they put a lot of real physics what? into the movement you're complaining about putting having extra stuff into where it's realistic again because they they had these issues where it was like he would he would transition between Walking and running uh -huh. and other things like it was, you know, it was one of these things That's where they, they tried to do, they, they tried to do a lot of stuff to make it, you know, it feel more, it feel heavier, you know, feel heftier if it were. And, 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 you know, the developers defended it and defended it and defended it and defended it. And finally they, 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 you know, Scaling. they're acquiescing to the player base because people are mad about the game not being responsive. And, you know, we even talked about it on the cast that it's like, well, it doesn't feel like Dark Souls. But again, yeah. Dark Souls movement sometimes feels arcadey. Yeah. By design. It doesn't feel like if you actually design characters in Dark Souls and Bloodborne to be as weighty yeah. 
as they are. They 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 tend to fat roll, yeah. you know, and yeah, Witcher Three's movement feels like that. But I mean, I guess the question I pose to you guys is that is that design choice? I mean, it's, you know, you the thing is the patch. No, it's just a choice. The patch to allows go you to choose. The opinions. patch allows you to choose between the original gameplay style and the new one that they've so they're giving the, the option they're giving the option i'm cool with and that. they even That's... say in the patch notes the optional new movement options okay. or whatever <laughs> i mean you basically hey, look at Karma, a game welcome. and their uh, control scheme and you can have it be clunky you can have it be weighty uh for a purpose and you like the idea of a resident <laughs> evil game that's the kind of thing that you don't have the same kind of control as an uncharted game there's an element of that, though, that kind of lends itself into the suspense of the piece. Like, you can't really, you have to react in a, a little bit more of a slow way in order to get past the obstacles that come uh, your way. Whereas in something like Uncharted, the point is to be mobile, the point is to jump around, the point is to really get from here to there as quickly as possible. Well, uh, so for yeah. something like that to be too weighty, that would kind of ruin its own game. You want it to feel like it meets the expectation of what you need to do within the game. Yeah. So if you have a slower paced game, you can get away with a slower paced character. If you have vice versa, though, if you have the wrong kind of control and the wrong type of game, that's where it comes like, nope, fuck this. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think the that's definitely a. Uh, an issue of you know the, the the style of game that you're you're playing with um and i think even further than that you know you want to be able to effectively fight creatures in the game and you know ha have the the ability to to translate yeah. you know what you want in the game to happen yeah. through your control yeah. input when you At lose you want time, it to be your fault not because you couldn't do the thing you well, did right Nothing which is people off more than that exactly you don't want the game to be fighting you in addition to you be being you fighting yourself fighting the yeah exactly yeah. or well yeah the, the fighting the, the controls exactly the controls yeah. okay and i mean the thing that's really annoying is that I've been playing The Witcher the with the the original control scheme that came out. I didn't even do the I and I fix that people were telling me in the stream that I should do because I wanted to see if I could actually play the game. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, I feel like the, that there are bigger issues with combat in that game than just the startup slowdown controls. You know, The Witcher games have never had great combat. The first game had abysmal yeah. combat. The second game had much better combat, but still didn't feel like a you know a, well, an action RPG in that sense. It's super repetitive, you know. No, and but it, it's, it's not the it's not the repetition that's the problem. It's that like if you're talking about third person action RPGs, it's it. I wouldn't say it falls in like the top three, maybe the top five, maybe mm -hmm. it's in the top ten of 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 third person action RPGs. But it it is a clunky. RPG in that respect, you know. Now, does they, it benefit from having the clunkiness in there? To some degree, I think so. It had, you know, like I said, it's that weightiness to it, um, and it doesn't, you know. Once you get used to, I, you know, not every game is supposed to play exactly the same way, and I feel like Witcher Three, you just have to get used to how it operates. You know, it doesn't do magic on the same way that it, a lot of you know fantasy RPGs yeah. do magic. You're not really a magic wielder. You have it. You have magic abilities, but, but the mages limited. are super overpowered magic-wise compared to you. Like you can, you know, you can have flames coming out of your 
but it's for on an instant. Hand, yeah. But maybe it's for like five or six seconds. Whereas an actual mage in The Witcher Three, they're like can like implode, up, like, yeah. like you know, cause a crater to open up. You know, but yeah. but that's but that's the way Witcher is designed. Is it more responsible on the part of the player to learn how to play the game the way the developers have intended it? I think it? that's what it is. I or, think or is it just that? players bitch and moan so much that eventually the developers just have to give in or risk losing money on the deal. Well, at the same point, you have a, like developers who will give what their best impression of a control scheme or an interaction point or a design philosophy. Mm -hmm. But if that doesn't translate into what the user base can really get behind and if it's limiting more people from enjoying the game than it is excelling in the point of the decision, right? then yeah, you should re uh look at those decisions and, and change them around again i remember there was a big patch that came for uh alone in the dark what became inferno on mm. uh, ps3 but right. they originally came out i think on xbox that they had a whole control scheme that ended up being completely redone because it was awful <laughs> and the entire time the developer was standing behind it like well no i mean people like this is the point you want to try to intended. get these clunky movements and it's scary and the person as isn't a superhero and no people just were fighting the controls to be able to play it right so i mean obviously there's uh there's shades to it they're splitting hairs it's like if you are able to control it still able to do it but just don't like it that way then you got to work at the subjective there. And uh, honestly, I feel like the more choice the player has to be able to play the game, how they best interact with it, then that becomes a, uh, a design issue. Yeah, no. And I think that's, I think that's important in a single player game. Like, you know, if you have, I personally, I, I'm happy that there's now two control schemes because everybody gets to be happy. I wonder how the developers feel about it. But at the same time, I think, you know, they kept the, the original control scheme in for Which people Which I think who, was really smart. It is smart, but it's also this, this bigger question of, you know, they developed this game. It's kind of their call what they end up doing. And that's what I was going to say is yeah. like, think about games when they first start coming out, there wasn't people who weren't like, if they complain about something, they were going to go back and fix it. And there know? were it's internal like, development struggles with this, yeah. with this, you know, uh, control scheme. Like there were people at CD project going like, don't you guys think this is not controlling well? You know? So yeah. it's like, and then, you know, that's, you don't get to win that fight if you're the developer arguing no. with the people ahead uh, above you. It's, like, yeah, you're at the beck of call of pretty much everybody. Exactly. So I mean, it's it's an interesting debate, and I, you know, I'm gonna try the new control scheme, if not tonight, if tonight, if not tonight, then sometime this week, because uh, I think that would be really cool to check out. Uh, it'll be interesting. Let's see. A uh, couple questions in the chat room here. Is that yeah, Trintian or Trintian? Trintian. I don't know. Uh, basically asking about the Steam controller. Uh, is it out? No, pre-order. Well, no, just our, our thoughts. On I want to try one. I, I, I really want if to try it, one. You know what? I don't know if it's going to do anything even remotely close to mouse and keyboard control on a controller, but if it controls nicely on the PC and it works wirelessly and, you know, which it's supposed to, and uh, those, those touchpads give the kind of responsiveness for mouse and keyboard games that I would like. I'm willing to give it a shot. I mean, it's a very expensive controller, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm intrigued by it, but I would need to actually get my hands on it and see what the benefit, because right now I have like DualShock controllers plugged into the computer. Yeah. Uh, works wirelessly, does everything that I need it to do. 
I don't see uh, additional need right now, excuse me. Because then uh, anything that doesn't support the controller, I just pull out the mouse and keyboard, and I'm used to that. So I need the I need the controller to demonstrate a greater value than switching to mouse and keyboard. Yeah, Lady Aries and commenter, thank you guys so much for the follow. Very much Yay, appreciated. Rin. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's gonna be an interesting thing. I, I I find it very interesting that they've been saying like there's limited pre-orders. So Mo once the yeah. pre-orders are done. We'll see when the next run of them go are. find somebody and what, else that has and them. what the what the review of it is. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't think anything's going to replace mouse and keyboard. To and any, also, well, yeah. and also the replace, but. the Xbox One controller is like you know going to be a serious part of Windows 10 integration. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with with Microsoft making a specific push to make to, more yeah. of their business involved on the PC. And I think that shows you that they're they're interested in getting back in there and you know being a real player there, whether it's with Steam or not. Like, because it's still the jury's out on you know they don't like they don't much like Steam, but maybe they, they can work together to huge keep platform PS. Maybe to. they can work together to keep the PS4 and Sony completely out of that. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, last story. They actually no. This is just a, well, something I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, Fallout Shelter made five point one million dollars in two weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. And that game is not fun. So it's just the <laughs> power job. of a name. Good really. job. Is that a free to play one? Or? That is a uh, sort of free to play thing. I think it's free to play in it's free to install, and then you can like buy things for it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I opened that up, played it for about fifteen twenty minutes. And I was like. This is uh, basically like Tiny Tower, the Fallout Shelter game, yeah. and I want no part yeah. of this. I want no part of this madness. It's madness, I tell you. Uh, and then last story of the evening, which I think is, uh, you know, we've all we've all been seeing this coming for months now. Yeah. But uh, there was a report from the Japanese voice actor of Metal Gear uh, Five, The Phantom Pain, that uh, Kojima Productions has been officially dissolved. Completely. Completely, and that the uh, staff at uh, the production studio has been given limited to no access to the buildings, internet, emails, phones, and that Konami is pretty much wiping the slate clean on so crazy. everything Kojima. Mm -hmm. uh, Konami is dead. Long live Konami. Yep. The, uh, the uh, slot machine maker. <laughs> baker, the, the baker, the slot, the, the baker, the candlestick maker, the slot machine maker. Yeah, I want to pull up a list of what properties that Konami has that I could still give a shit about. Um, good luck with that. There aren't many. Yeah, it's limited. Uh, Dynasty Warriors? Is that still a thing? I'm pretty I sure that's the only series they still have left that's theirs. Start. I think it's Dynasty Warriors and anything that was uh, Metal Gear. And that's pretty much that's the... That's crazy. Yeah. But the, the, they've, been, they've been completely restructuring their business. I mean... They're, to nothing? <laughs> no, they... <laughs> Let's restructure. To, 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 no, to nothing for us. Yeah. To nothing for video gamers. But, I mean, their casino business, their slot machine business, like, I've seen a lot more slot machines. Silent Hill. Oh, they do still have... Contra. Well, no. Silent Hill is dead. Contra. But, no, they do still yeah. have Castlevania, but there hasn't been a new... Wait, wait, the, the last ca uh, the last Castlevania game didn't do so Ooh, well. Bucky O'Hare. Bucky O'Hare. Uh huh. Sorry. I anyway. think Kojima. I think Kojima finds a way to get metal. I don't. Well, 
I think he I think Kojima goes off and does something completely different now. Yeah, he's been I, wanting to get out of Metal Gear for quite some time. He went into porn. He would Yes. Well, I mean Metal Gear porn. VR porn. VR porn. That's what it's VR porn become. training missions. Yeah, Tanner VR porn. <laughs> and uh I think it'd be interesting if he like what if he went over to Microsoft? That'd, that'd be, be crazy. That'd be fucking nuts, right? And um well, it's like he and uh, Guillermo del Toro were supposed to be the ones doing that Silent Hill. Oh, yeah. And they might team right. up together again, although, you know, uh, Guillermo del Toro is now 0 for 2 on games that he was well, yeah. supposed to make. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, you're right. Dynasty Warriors is owned by Koei. Sorry. I Thank you. I'm not a Dynasty Warriors person. <laughs> All I know is horse falling from the sky. That's that's the the one highlight that I have or low light from Dynasty Warriors in yeah. my experience. The horse. The horse. Yeah. Too oh fun. Oh my god. Um but yeah, no, this is a sad day for for our I guess our pretty much just this opinion whole week has for, been pretty the end bad. of an era. It is really the end of an era. Bad. And you know But at the same point, like we enjoyed the Metal Gear games. I really would like to see what else Kojima can do. Like, he is a very creative, very innovative person, not only telling a story, but he's creative. He's creative. Creative. Ah, shit, never mind. Creative. Never mind. That's a good word. Creative. Just like that word. Creative. Seriously. I mean, look at any game, any Metal Gear game. He, they, <laughs> he was always reaching out to the player in more ways than just the storyline, than just the interaction. Uh, they were used finding ways to play around with the like the dual shock with like the cameras with like whatever little features that nobody else was using. And he also, I mean, I was watching a video the other day about like really breaking down Metal Gear Two because uh, not Metal Gear Two, uh, um, Metal uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, um, Sons of the Patriots. No, what's the name of this? What's the... the I thought it was story? Sons of the Patriots. Yeah, because 4 is... No, 4 is Guns of the Patriots, 2 is Sons of Liberty. Jesus. Let's that's, just add them together. I just, I just did, Sons of the Fallen. Wait. Sons of Liberty is the second game. And the thing that is crazy is I watched this whole big, you know, sort of breakdown of the meta-narrative of 2. When you see... When you and I'll try to find this video and and put it in the show notes. Essentially, what Kojima did, and we all missed this when he did it, it was that he spent the first thirty minutes making the sequel that everybody wanted, and then he made a game that basically was a postmodern look at all the bullshit of video games, yeah. breaking it down yeah. to shitty controls. Uh, Sub, you know, uh, subverting the 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 desires of the the person playing the game, making the actions of the person playing the game completely rote and following the leader and following the command of whoever is in charge of the game, making you feel like you have an environment with choices in it but with no choices, repeating the actions of the previous game, making the actions of the game that you're playing nonsensical, and you know, um, greatest game ever, and turning. You know, a game about a real-world uh, scenario into a video game scenario reflecting video games and the silliness of them. Like, you know, the the thing that they mentioned, and everybody always seems to miss it. I missed it. I don't know if you guys saw it, but there's a point where, you know, um, uh, Solid Snake is in the game. He's in the game, mm -hmm. and he doesn't look anything like he did from 
Metal Gear, uh, yeah. Metal Gear Solid. And then all of a sudden, like as soon as the like the AI starts getting infected with the virus in it, like the whole world starts to break down, and eventually you just see Metal Gear, you just see uh, Snake. Solid Snake show up like he did at Shadow Moses, where he's, and he's glistening, yeah, and he's like standing straight like this, and he points to his head and he goes, "Go ahead and fight them, infinite ammo, infinite ammo," and he says he has infinite ammo, and nobody ever questions that, yeah, because <laughs> it's a video game. But the thing is, they're not in a video game. Nope. But are they, yeah, exactly. or aren't they, or are you playing a video game, or are you well, the exactly video it. game, playing with or the are you the program? It's not greetings, I mean, he program. To make his games a cinematic experience. He tried to make his video games an immersive experience. Oh yeah, that's a vast difference, and not enough developers do that. And he tried to make his games speak to more than just being a spy series. Yeah. Like, the thing that, like, it actually makes you understand his decision. He didn't want to make the game that everybody else wanted him to make as a sequel to the first game. He did that with 3, but what he did was he turned 3 into a, into a James Bond-like spy film. Which, when you think about it that way, doesn't make any sense with the series that came before it either. But it's what he wanted to make to make a point about the silliness of the spy novel and the, the you know the spy soldier and the music that's so over the top and it sounds like it's from James Bond the James Bond opening and you know just it, like being set in the seventies and it just everything about it talk, talks to that particular style that he made and then he made four where he tried to link all the pieces together and we're all going how. How do you make a story in four that solves the problems of making three games that are just you purposely did not yeah. make to make any sense with one another? Just how it is. How is where does I? There is no sense in what's trying to be. This made will only sensible. all get solved once we find out what the Phantom Pain is, or if, honestly, or what's like in the box. To, to have the Konami ties with Kojima broken. Considering that Konami seemed to, in practice, only trust him with the Metal Gear property, mm -hmm. will free him up to do any number of new things. Sure. So this is not this is not the end of anything. It's the uh, it's the closure on one chapter of what will continue to be some amazing games being created. I have zero concerns about what is happening here. Uh, PT may be gone, but we're getting Outlast 2. Any Outlast fans? There's also supposedly some, like, indie developer making, trying to make their own version there of is PT. Ma they are making What, what is it, the name of it again? I have, I, I honestly didn't Sean see. would know if Sean was yeah, here Sean on the cast. Yeah, and I, I, I... didn't actually play PT because I don't have a PS4, so I need to get to over to a friend's house at some point. That actually has that it? That actually has it on it. I still have like, it. You do? I still, yeah, yeah, I uh, bought it. Because they're selling, uh, PS4s or that have, it. that have it on there for, like, a shitload of money. Just but wait, your accounts are locked to the PS4, aren't they? Yeah. So why would you give somebody... Because uh, people are stupid. Okay. Well, yeah. that's accurate. Yeah. True. Like, I'm going to buy a game that... Uh, this, no, it's, it's more like this console had PT on it. Right. So it's like, oh, it's like... Uh, like a like Marvel the and its grandeur. Yeah, so like a celebrity <laughs> touched my shoulder and now I'm never going to wash it again kind of situation. You know, so... <laughs> 
Yeah, I just I hope that I hope that Phantom Pain is a mind fuck in the same way that the other four games have been up to this point. Because if it's just you know if it there's every indication that it's going to be different than what's come before it, but for the better, for the worse, we don't know yet. All we have to show for that is is Ground Zeroes, yeah. and it could be it, things could be very interesting with that game. And I think this just all leads to well, what's gonna what's Kojima gonna do next? Yep. What's he gonna do next? Because he could he could literally like retire from video games and build a rocket ship to the moon and never come back. Like I'm sure that's exactly what he wants. I to do. I think that's what he wants like, to do. Fuck you all. I'm I'm yeah. out of here. I'm going to next Mars. game. I'm making it from space, bitches. <laughs> Top that one. Kojima add on to Kerbal Space Program. Yeah, I want to see that. That would be pretty fun. That'd be hilarious. But yeah, space spies. Anything last little second things before we? Yeah, I think it's gonna do it. Anything, anything in the ch- uh, Konami gave Kojima a lot of, cre- of creative freedom doing things that he did. You have to think that he's anywhere else they would do they wouldn't do the same. But that's assuming that he builds up a studio of his own and then doesn't have the ability to self-publish, self-produce that stuff. Yeah. Anybody who I'm sure the way that he's gonna work his contracts from here on out. Is that, hey, we have this track record of making awesome things that people enjoy. If you want to publish our work, you have to give us that creative license. Like, that seems like something that he has leverage to be able to do. Um, Kojima one of the other questions Elon that, Musk. that was in here, though, was that, uh, like, That's he great. can't do the Konami IPs anymore. But no. the same question, what IPs were exactly you hoping for that he couldn't? Like, I would rather see him come up with something new. Yeah, agreed. I would rather see him take somebody else's IP from a different company and just go with it. Konami is not a draw. He's the draw. He's the draw, yeah, <laughs> He's the draw. exactly. Yeah. And I think Konami has made it abundantly clear that they don't care. They don't care about video games anymore. No. I mean, I, no, my, I would love my... to see Kojima do slot machines. That would be incredible. <laughs> That would, one, that? that would be one. That would be one fucked like, up slot, slot machine. machine. Oh god, slot machine! Suddenly, like you play it, and you thought you lost, but then there's like shit in your <laughs> room when you get back. <laughs> That's pretty fucking funny. Slot machine is just a cardboard <laughs> box. Hide in it. Insert, yeah. Insert a quarter. <laughs> An exclamation mark! Family, as you're playing it. Yes, no, the light at the top of the slot machine is not a light. It is a exclamation, exclamation mark. mark. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Uh, okay, right. I think that was it. Yeah, I think that, that was, was, I think that it was, was the, the peak highlight. of our highlight for the day. Just whatever. Um, so, yeah, any final thoughts about uh, anything uh, this week? I think the only, the only last thing that I have to say is... Um, VR versus VR on console versus VR on PC is going to be a very interesting thing to to see. Considering uh, what it, it how people it are will already be talking interesting about interesting in the sense that watching a small child fight a large wrestler will be interesting. Yeah, that'll there's that'll be, no competition between there's your t- console VR and computer VR. <laughs> there's your Twitch I'm TV telling you that right now. Uh, there's your Twitch TV content right there. Oh my god. A giant I, versus so I, I just wonder stream. I just wonder if uh you know like Morpheus you know being run by PS4 or if you have like 
uh, you know, the what's the one that's st- uh, Steam VR, like the um, oh, yeah, Vive yeah. or whatever the hell it is. God, I don't and know. you know, well, the Steam, yeah, the Steam and, VR is going to be a slight deviation from Oculus, but that's where the power is. The but even Oculus saying that, be it, in content right, on PC, right? But even Oculus saying that it's going to need like a soup, like a you know. Oculus may not work on a console. Oculus may need like your computer to run it, or yeah, you know if it. Point. Although, but they were saying that Oculus. Uh, no, Oculus was going to be. See, that was the thing that was weird. If Oculus needs a powerful PC, but it's being shipped, like there's a partnership between Oculus and Microsoft to ship Xbox One controllers with them. Will Oculus? Will the, will the Xbox One be able to power an Oculus? You know, well, it's just point? the controller. That was just the input medium that they decided to partner right, with. Right, but wh- why would to do with the Xbox would One? They need to, well, are they going to need to make a different Oculus that works with the consoles versus an Oculus that works with the PC? Like, well, it Oculus sounds isn't like, going to work with the console. Exactly my point. Like, we're at a point now where we used to be talking about one VR headset, and now we're talking about at least four. <laughs> and there may be more. What games are going to support? What games and what consoles are going to support which headset? Buy them all today. <laughs> well, are you talking about the fourth being the two on PC, the PS4, and a like assumed Xbox One VR? No, there's Morpheus. There's there's the Google one, or Google and Steam one. There's Oculus, and then I believe there's uh oh there's um Microsoft's is it Microsoft the Hololens um, is AR not Ho- Hololens AR. is AR I stand corrected yes Hololens but this it's this still th- counting headsets we're still up to four where we used to only sure. be talking about one you'll still so look ridiculous playing all these games for AR though is vastly different than VR true yeah. and you can still but you can still only wear one headset at a time. Yeah. Regardless of which yeah. one you play, people are going to make fun of you, is what it is, <laughs> for having a giant headset on. But with the HoloLens, you can see them making fun of you. I yeah. really don't want to see how Twitch broadcasts adapt to VR either. I'm not sure that's going to work so great. So you now have a camera pointed outside someone playing a VR headset. And well, I mean, like there's, you know, the YouTube, around. like the YouTubers that do it, you know, and they have all their things. And it's just like a dude with a headset on. It's like just the same size as his face and just looks like he's wearing a mask. And he's like, oh, this game's awesome. And then you're just like, OK, I really don't care. Excellent. All right. Cat goodbye. Headphones. Uh, <laughs> All right, I think that'll bring us yeah. to the end of another episode of the Crashcast. Oh man, that was a good one, um, ladies and germs. That's gonna do it for us here on the uh, Crashcast this today. Year. Thank you so much for watching. This has been episode two of the Crashcast. Uh, let's bring up a little bit of music for your ears. Ear pleasure. Stimulate your ear pleasure uh, zone. Let's let's do this one. Put your headphones in deep. Yeah, seriously. Let us uh, appeal to your senses. <laughs> well, maybe not Boris. Yeah. But the rest of us. Yes. I don't your have audio, ears. Your aural aural love. I am inside let it, your let ears. Let it simmer right in your eardrum. I was born without ears, so it's okay. Let it just vibrate inside your brain. All right, goodbye. And make you feel fantastic. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
Way to end it on a really weird note. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for this Crash Cast. Thank you guys so much for being here and watching, and thank you for listening on iTunes and on SoundCloud and on GameCrashers.net. Thank you, Twitch TV, for, you know, being a fantastic host as always. Thank you, viewers, for being awesome. Uh, if you guys want to find out more about what we do here, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and on YouTube. That's Twitter, www.twitter.com backslash GameCrashers. Facebook is backslash uh, GameCrashers.net, and YouTube is backslash user backslash uh, GameCrashers blog. Uh, all those links are down below on our Twitch TV channel. And you can also uh, find out all about all the information by typing information links in the chat here on Twitch TV. Uh, other than that, that's going to do it for us. Catch us again next week at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the pre-show and hopefully 6 o'clock for the live show for episode 3 of the CrashCast. And also check for the recording of this to go up tomorrow sometime before 11 p.m. on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Until next time, for Dave Borosoros and Tanner LaBarbera, I'm your host, Master Ceremonies, Dark Side Rob. Rob James saying, thanks for watching. Keep playing those video games. Stay, Stay safe, safe, everybody. And... Fuck you. <laughs> Peace out, guys. <laughs>